Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 105. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And man, it feels good to sit down and chat with an old friend. Who am I talking about? This week's guest is Michelle Gutcheck. She is the founder of Shelly Homemaker, and she makes crafts of all types. She talks on the show about scarves, about decals, all sorts of crafty stuff. It is crafts for the home and the homemakers that run them. Now, how do I know Michelle? Michelle and I go back to college where we had this big group of friends and we were all sort of part of it. We had a great time. I went to her wedding. We talk about that a little bit on the show. And this is not her first entry into the entrepreneurial world. No, she has done all sorts of different projects. She started a number of businesses in her life and Shelly Homemaker is but the latest. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to her is because she's very prolific in talking about it. If you're friends with her online, she will talk about the ventures that she has done, and it's impossible not to get energized looking at everything that she does. As someone who has created a business himself and created this podcast and the Crew Jones Society and this website called X-Axis, I'm always kind of starting new projects too. And Michelle is someone I count as an inspiration. She is just wonderful. She has incredible energy. She has amazing drive, and she's someone that I just find inspiring. If I'm a little bit down, if I need to get motivated, I'll go and peek at what Michelle's doing and she will bring me up. And so we talk on this week's episode about how that sort of came to be for her. It sounds like she's been starting businesses her entire life. And as much as she loves the projects that she does, as much as she loves Shelly Homemaker, one of the biggest drives for her is all the other stuff that goes into creating a business. And I note this in this week's chat that not everyone is wired that way. Some people just have a thing that they like to do. And they go, okay, maybe I can turn this into a business. And you come to realize, hey, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into this that is not directly related to my passion. Well, I would say Michelle is so good at so much. And one of those things is all the other things that go into starting a business. And that is just amazing. And the other thing is she has to balance that with her four children. She has four kids all under the age of eight. And as someone who has just recently... Come into the world of having two kids. I know the amount of labor that that entails. There's a ton that goes on. So we talk about multitasking. We also talk on this week's episode, and this is something that I think sets this episode apart from a number of the other episodes that I do. We get to talk about the exit strategy for a business. Because like I said, this is far from her first endeavor. One of the ones that we talk about is Sweet Pea Cake Company. She made the cake for my wedding. It was delicious. It was outrageous. It was so good. But she had to shut that down at one point. And we talk about why she arrived at that decision point and then how it sort of unfolded from there and whether or not she has any regrets about it. It's fascinating insight because I spend a lot of time on this show talking about the origin story. I don't frequently get to talk about the conclusion to ventures. You know, I don't get to talk about how they ended. And that's one part of this episode that I really, really adore, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So check out the companion blog piece. I link to Shelly Homemaker, and I link to Shelly Homemaker at Home, which is a Facebook group that you can join and sort of see what she does. And if you're in that DIY space, it's really, really useful. A couple of other plugs to do while we're at it. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. So if you're listening to us for the first time and you like what you hear, hey, maybe take a second, go to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. And hey, tell me what you think about this show. You can get in contact with me through the website. It's at johnofalltrades.us. That's J-O-N ofalltrades.us. We're also available on all the social media. Not all of them because there's like a zillion of them. And I was hanging out with some young people recently. And there's social networks that I'm not even aware of. So we'll concentrate on these four for now. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest. All of those are at J-O-A-T pod. Like me, follow me. Pin me, whatever it is you want to do on the social media. Now then, let's get back to this week's episode. Number 105, it is Michelle Gutchek. She is an entrepreneur. She has started Shelly Homemaker, and her episode begins right now. (laughs) 
Okay, so the van is packed. The van is super full. Okay. It's probably seven to $8,000 worth of product. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, give me a rundown of types. Types. Um, well... The easiest one is the scarves. I do. I have bins and bins of, of scarves that I've sewn and headbands. And then this year I started some home decor. So okay. I've got signs and I've got plants this year. I did like some terrarium little succulent plant things. Nice. Um, which are fun. And just, and then some other random stuff, whatever sounded fun at the time is basically what I make. Right. Yeah. Did you notice when you came up, something you made was on our front door? Yeah, I saw your nose <laughs> listening. Yeah. That one. Uh, that and the hello. And the hello. See, the door was open. Oh, right. So okay. the storm door was closed, so I didn't see the hello. Okay, you'll catch it on there when uh, on your way out then. I'll make okay. sure and point it out to you because, yeah, we saw that, I think, like on your website or on Facebook or something. I can't remember what it was. And we're like, we have to have that. Like, Yeah, Kristen, just sh- I think she just showed it to me. Okay. Or like shared it Oh, did with she me. commission you picture. for it? No. Okay. No, she just shared it with something. I, I don't remember. She shared it somehow, and then I just decided to make them. And now I actually carry them, too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, okay, that, that brings me to another question, which is funny, because we're sitting here with Michelle Gutchek, the Shelly homemaker. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing this? So this is my third year doing shows. Okay. And I think it's third year. Maybe it's my fourth. No, I'm pretty sure it's my third year, and that first year was kind of getting my feet wet. I think I did two shows that would make it my fourth, but I don't really okay. count that first one because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. So what gave you the idea to start this business? Like, how, how did you start doing almost like, you know, crafting at home, and you decided that you liked it so much because I, I followed your... Your old blog, mm-hmm. yeah, where where you just post things like this, and I always thought it was cool. And it's funny as as a man in his thirties who was without kids at the time, right? I, like, <laughs> you still read a DIY blog? Yep, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, mostly just because I like the way you wrote. Well, thanks with all my spelling errors and everything. Yeah, it, oh no, it's cool. It's more about, it's more about the voice, <laughs> as you know, right? Right. No, yeah. So I mean, I did have the blog that was a DIY blog and had a lot of my family life mixed in there. Yeah, and. Um, well, I mean, that was the other thing because yeah. we're friends from college. Right. And so, you know, seeing your kids and stuff, I actually, I was up to speed on your kids because you updated pretty regularly mm-hmm. more than I was on a lot of my own family members, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I don't know, both the, the benefit and the drawback because it's got to be weird when you see people and, you know, they're commenting on your kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and now I'm at the point where um, I do things more on Facebook than through a blog and right. then... There will be people that will come up and say hi to me and how's Addison and how's the family. <laughs> and I won't recognize them because I only know them right. through social media stuff. And it'll take me a few minutes to either remember their name or to connect a profile picture with their real life picture. Or sometimes yeah. I have to flat out ask and I try <laughs> to avoid that. But there are people that know more of what's going on in my life and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> Is that weird? Like, do you ever get skeeved out by that? Um, not usually because the, the people that follow what's going on with us is the same kind of breed of people that I am. You know, they are moms, they have kids and they relate or sometimes they're dads (laughs) and and they have kids and, and they relate to either some story or some mess of something at home that happened that I shared. And, and so it doesn't really weird me out. It might weird me out if maybe when you, the pre kid, you may have skewed me out slightly. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you're not getting like some 50-year-old guy in a van, you know, no, with a blonde yeah. mustache. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to realize, too, that if people want to know who you are and know who your family is really anymore, they're going to. It's 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 so hard and almost next to impossible to keep that kind of stuff so private that if somebody was really interested, they'd know. Right. So I don't really feel the need to stress out about it. Okay. And I mean, the other thing that I was thinking of, as you said that, was with so many options available through Etsy and through Mm -hmm. Facebook and, you know, everyone, I was talking with someone about this recently and people our age and younger, everyone's got a side hustle going on right now. Right. Right. Everyone's (laughs) got sort of like the way they make money and then everyone's working on something else too. Mm -hmm. And to differentiate yourself, it's almost like you have to volunteer some of that because that allows people to connect with you. Right. So if someone, you know, knows your kids and says, how's that, how's Addison doing or something, 
then that probably means that they have some affinity for you. They have some connection. They're more likely to buy a product from you than from, you know, any of how many people doing this, right? Totally, totally. The interaction is really what's key in, in what I do is I, I don't just want to have the products for people to buy. Yeah, that's where the income comes in. But I really like the community that gets built with what I do, which is why I still share the DIYs and I still encourage people to share their DIYs and yeah. for us to troubleshoot them because because not only is it a business, but it's also a community, which keeps it fun. I think that sometimes just the, I mean, who doesn't like to make a buck, but, <laughs> right. um, but it does keep it personal, uh, in that way to, to get to know who you're selling to. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. And so at what point did this transition for you from something that you were just doing sort of for fun, you know, DIY, you know, mm-hmm. you're very crafty, you're very creative, you have all sorts of things. I remember following a project you did where you had like these old, I want to say window shutters uh-huh. and you turned them into a headboard. Yep. Yep. And I remember thinking, I'm like, that is so cool how you can look at something that exists and go, okay, how can I make this better and repurpose it into something else? Yeah. Yeah. And at what point did did it go from just sharing these creative projects that you did to where you go, maybe I have a business here and maybe I can turn, you know, maybe I can turn this into a buck and expand my community. Right. Well, actually I didn't do it. Another community that I was in, I was part of a mops group and okay. which what is, is mops? A, mops is the mothers of preschoolers. It's, okay. um, it's through churches and, but it's for everybody and it's just a way for moms with new kids to connect to other moms instead of hide out in their basements and <laughs> right. nurse and try to get a baby to sleep all day. So, or, that, or sort of like when you go to a park and you're like, uh, how do uh, I, yeah. how do I initiate conversation right, with this person? Right. It just takes that off the table. You, everybody's in the room to <laughs> right. eat breakfast, drink coffee and talk about their kids. Okay, so, so that's what mops is. And so while being in mops, people knew that I was crafty and just started asking me to make something for them. So I would bring something that I'd made for myself and you'd be using it or have something like that. And then someone said, well, would you make me one? Or I could give one of those to my sister yeah. and would you, you know, how much? And I don't know. <laughs> and make up a number and then sell it. And so, and that started happening regularly enough that I decided, okay, well, what can I do that works around my kids and, and yeah. our busy, crazy kid life and still be able to craft. And so it took something that I found as a hobby yeah. and was able to make some money with it, which is nice. And you're doing pretty well with it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, from last year to this year, I've quadrupled how much business I've done. So wow. this year has been a big growing year. And then this year, too, I've been volunteering my time and doing some news segments in Colorado Springs, and um, and that's been a lot of fun. So I get to do the DIYs on the news occasionally. I've seen those yeah. because you'll share those, and, I mean, those are fun. I, I work in media relations, so I'm trying to get people like onto TV or uh-huh. you know, into the newspaper or whatever. How did that opportunity come about for you? Friend of a friend. Like Basically, always, right? yeah, exactly. They were looking for somebody who was crafty. They wanted some home based. I mean, basically, they wanted me and they didn't know it. <laughs> right. You know, and they just didn't know who that person was. And somebody did. I got, I lucked out into somebody said, well, I know somebody. And so she sent me a message on Facebook and said, would you be interested? And of course, I'm like, yes, that sounds super fun. <laughs> of course. So, and it is. It's super fun. So does that translate pretty well into more exposure for you? Exposure, but not necessarily more business. Really? Um, is what I've discovered with it is it's a lot of fun and that, but it's the DIY sort side of, of what I do. So that's the community building. Okay. People who DIY are not always the same people who purchase from me because huh. I mean, it sounds like it should be, but if you DIY, you want to make it yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not necessarily pay somebody to make it for you, but there are plenty of people who want to DIY and are too scared or just really don't think they have a creative bone in their body. And so then those are the people that actually hire me aside from needing a plethora of Christmas gifts and they can't get them all done themselves anyway. Okay. So things like that. Okay. Interesting. So as you've gone through this and as you've sort of grown your business and you're quadrupling, you know, what has that done to the way you allot your time? Because you have four kids mm-hmm. uh, and the old Addison is what? Eight. Eight, eight now. So yeah. four kids under the age of eight, which is mm-hmm. plenty of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're producing, you know, this much, this much product and you're, mm-hmm. you're getting this much more business, how do you find time to do that? Um, I don't sleep. No, um, for real, 
I were I multitask a lot. I, I'm I'm a multitasker, and I've never been. I, I I'm always honest when I say I've never been one of those moms who gets on the floor and plays trucks or builds with blocks. It's just not not my realm of motherhood. I'm really good at the setup. I'm like, here's some paint, here's some paper, here's some construction paper and scissors, and have fun. You know, right. I'm, I'm good at the setup. Um, and, and the, and the outings we'll go to the zoo. We'll do things. I'll wear them out in the morning. We'll come home. The little ones will take a nap. The big ones will have reading time. And this, and then, and that's when, or, the, and then they'll go out and ride their bikes with their friends. And so that'll be my time in the afternoon. And then I can do some after they go to bed sure. as well. And school starts again here in a couple of weeks. And so then my big two are full time. And then the third one is part time. Are you finding the need to, like, do you outsource any of this? I have started to. So last year was my first year that I hired um, another couple of moms to sew for me. Nice. Um, and then this year I've started again already. Um, a couple of these big shows that I do, this one that I'm headed up to, and then another one in a few weeks, um, are so big. I just have to carry so much inventory yeah. so quickly. Um, that turnaround has to happen from one show to the next that, that I can't get it all done. Yeah. And so I find other qualified moms who want to make, you know, a few extra bucks some spending money or something and sure. get everything prepped for them and send it their way and say, I need it in a week and then come back and pick it up. And so, so yeah, I've started to, to hire and I'm, and I'm really trying hard to stick to my roots and hire, hire other moms <laughs> right. to, you know, to be able to work in their living room while their mm -hmm. kids are playing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you're not, you're not creating your own little sweatshop either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my kids really do want to help sometimes. It's not entirely a sweatshop. Uh, <laughs> this yesterday I had Addison sewing and I had Callie peeling some vinyl off of some painting for me. And, nice. and I mean, they lasted five minutes. So before they were like, okay, we're done. Can we go ride our bikes now? So, so occasionally it's fun because I have the company and I have them there and they're really into what I do. But their attention span does not stick it out for very long. <laughs> well, and what's so funny is little kids, no matter what age they are, what you're doing, they want to at least take a crack at it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Grace is not even two yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be unloading the dishwasher and she'll come up to me. And she'll be like, what are you doing? And so now she pulls the silverware out and hands it to me. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is part of what we do. Yeah. And I mean, no, she'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be putting product in my hair and she'll mimic what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, like she'll yeah. rub her hands together and then rub her head and stuff. But what's, what's funny about kids is they don't, <laughs> they want to see what you're doing and they want to try. And then when it becomes actual work, they're like, okay, nope. Yeah, they're done. Nope. The bathroom sounded really fun to clean until they realized <laughs> what it actually looked like. Until you actually have to scrub this. <laughs> right. It's not just, yeah. you know, spray this stuff that smells good and be done with it. I don't know. You get in there and scrub. Yeah, no, totally. And, and even now my youngest who just turned two, he'll, he'll climb under the table and he likes to play with his toys underneath my, <laughs> my craft table. And nice. so it's, it's kind of fun. Like he'll drive his little trucks up over my feet and things like that. And, <laughs> um, and it's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like it is work all the time when right. I'm still getting to live my normal family life. You know, I can stop this and go work. It's part of why I love what I'm doing now versus, Back in the day when I would do a cake, then I yeah. would um, have to disappear for days at a time to work on a big cake. But now it's it's a good start-stop kind of business, which is working well for us. Well, that's good. And we're going to come back to the cake business. <laughs> One thing I want to ask you about is we sort of started talking about this, but how do you determine how to price something? Like what goes into that formula for you where you look at sort of what you're about to make and then, you know, you're going to go to a show. As we tape this, you're getting ready for Big Loveland Craft Fair. Yes. And which will have passed by the time this airs. But right. how do you go from sort of the ideation process to, okay, this is going to be in front of people and what will someone pay for it? How sure. Do you, how do you make that determination? Well, hmm, that, I mean, that's a good question. There's there's what everybody else would charge and then you have to decide what what is what you should charge based off of your time. And typically, I tend to start... My starting point is f like four times my cost okay. of product. So if something costs me $10 
to buy the materials for, if it takes right. me a reasonable amount of time to make it, if I'm not working on it all day long or something like that, then I would probably start thinking about it in the $40 price range. Okay. And, and why for like, why a fourfold? Why 40? Because that would be retail. If you were going to sell wholesale items, which okay. I have done, um, then you cut that in half. Okay. So you still need to be able to turn a profit on a wholesale okay. order. If you make a hundred headbands and send them out, you need to still be able to turn that profit. Yeah. You yeah. need it to be more than, you know, a buck, a headband. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to work yourself to the ground for nothing. So yeah. that's generally where I start out um, thinking about things. And then from there, we'll, dependent, we'll be dependent on what the market actually is for that kind of product, too. There are some things that I make that have a higher... Uh, margin of profit. And then there are other things that, that I do because people like them and they're a draw into the booth, yeah. even though they're not necessarily a high profit item, but it gets people in the door and gets them looking around. And at the end of the day, you know, it all comes out in the wash. Some things will make a little bit more, some things will make a little bit less, but if you, if your entire booth overall spans pretty well, then you're going to come out. Okay. Okay. Was it weird when you were doing this that, uh, you started to do this because you loved just creating things. Mm -hmm. And now there's so much else that goes into your business than mm -hmm. just the act of creation. Yeah. But, and see, here's the thing though. I not only love creating things, but I've always loved business and I've always loved being an entrepreneur and starting things and starting something from scratch, from nothing and seeing if it can be something. And I've, I've always loved that. Yeah. And from lemonade stands as a kid to a cake business, to a craft business, to a private voice studio, there's been a dozen right. things in my repertoire that have all been considered small business entrepreneurship. And I love it. And that's what I, okay. I actually, as much as I love creating, I love seeing the business grow even more than I love sewing the scarf and making the sign. Those are just a side product of now what I do. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that that's very striking to hear you say that because not everyone is wired that way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I've had on this show, you know, have said, well, I love to do this. And the, the more I got into it, the more I turned it into a business, the further away I got from that, mm. you know, because mm -hmm. usually you're creating and then there's so much that no one tells you about running a business from right. the marketing side to the accounting side to the inventory side to everything that goes into running yeah. a business. And you have to get good at vocations that are not necessarily your specialty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what you're describing to me is a love for all like that in totality. Yeah. And it, it almost, would you say it almost doesn't matter sort of what the business is, but you, you want to create it? I mean, to a yeah. certain extent, it does. Yeah. To a certain extent, it does because you've, it's got to interest you somehow. I don't necessarily want to go open a restaurant. That does not interest <laughs> right. me at all. But I do love the business piece of it. And, um, I, you know, and, and Adam, my husband actually pointed that out to me a long time ago. He's <laughs> like, you just like to start a business because I get it going. And then sometimes, I know we're going to go back to cake, but when I think about cake, I, I stopped the cake, but I sold the cake business and moved on with my life because, and it wasn't because of the business. The business was thriving. It was doing great. And yeah, um, I it. was able to sell it, but the time it took to make the product was no longer doable in my life. Mm. Um, and I needed to hire employees to keep it going. Um, in the direction it was headed. And I tried some of that and it was hard. That is the piece that I struggled with in that realm. Um, more than I am in this new area, okay. but um, but yeah, I really really enjoy the business piece of it. Would it be fair to say I I'm thinking back to an old guest? He was I want to say episode six, so this was a while a ago, a long time ago. And so his name is Will Matthews, and we were both in corporate, and he had a really good job, and he said, "My problem is I got to build something." He's like, "I'm not good at maintenance, and I'm not good at prosperity." He's like, I like the early, like hard stages. He's like, I like, like you're describing creating something from nothing. Mm -hmm. And to him, that's really exciting. What is it about that, that sort of invigorates you that, that has propelled you to create everything from a cake business to, you know, vocal lessons to what you're doing now with Shelly Homemaker. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that may not be something that you can verbalize. That may not be something yeah. you're, co you're consciously aware of. Well, there is just this, this innate joy of just saying, this was nothing and look what I did, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? And, and, 
it works in both when you think of crafting something and making something and in the business piece. They're, they kind of, they're in parallel to each other. If you start with a piece of wood and some paint, can you turn it into something cool? <laughs> right. You know, or if you start with an idea, can you grow it into something? Yeah. And so, they run parallel in that way, which is maybe why this is working really well for me is I'm getting to do both. And there's always something, uh, always a direction you can take it. I like the early hard stuff, but I actually really like this year that really? is going really well. And I'm people are asking me to come and do things. I'm being speakers for some groups in town um, to talk about the DIY and that piece mm. of what I do. Nice. Um, and then the craft shows, I'm not struggling to get into them anymore. They're accepting me with open arms. The website has taken off. My Etsy is doing really well. There's always directions you can take things to make them better. And so I, I can see where I want things to go next. And it doesn't necessarily mean starting from scratch again. That makes sense. You know what you're describing? It reminds me of because I I'm not I'm not terribly crafty. I'm not terribly handy, but I do write and mm-hmm. I write a lot. And every article I've ever written has started with a blank word document in front of me. Right. You know, you look at that blank page and you go, "There's nothing here." Right. And then when you're done, and there's an old saying that I really like. It's I don't like writing. I like having written. Mm-hmm. And because writing is brutal, like yeah, it's it it takes it out of you. It's tough, but when you get done, you look at it and you go, okay, that's no longer a blank page. Mm-hmm. And this is my ideas and thoughts and it flows. And so what you're describing, I relate to just on a very, very core level. Yeah. And it reminds me of a conversation that we had. I want to say this was like three years ago. Okay. Uh, I was at your house because I was doing this leadership training thing down in Colorado Springs. Right. And you guys right. invited me over for dinner, which uh-huh. was great. And I was just starting X-axis, I think. Or X Axis had just started and I was looking at doing, I was looking to get this podcast going, mm-hmm. which I got going, I want to say like nine months after that conversation. And I said to you, I'm like, I just, I started getting the itch to write again. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wanted to make something new and I wanted I to make, this. you remember this conversation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you go, that way you just described to me, you're like, I get that all the time, yeah. which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. And right. It's, it's just so cool. And this was, this was all baby stuff then for me too. Right. And, yeah. And it was just like, you just got to try. I mean, if you just, just do it. <laughs> if you have an itch for something, just, just do it, you know, get out the yeah, stuff. Yeah, give it a shot. Give it a shot. What's the worst that's going to happen? It's not going to work. Well, then you're right back where you started, you know, like, okay. Right. You know, I also, you know, I also make an effort when I start a business is I don't take out a loan. I don't. I, I work with what I have available yeah, I and build it a lot slower um, versus taking out a whole bunch of money, buying a bunch of equipment and then saying, I hope this works. <laughs> you know, I would much rather have it be working and paying for the next step yeah. as they come. Because then should you decide it's not working out or you need to change gears, you're not indebted to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's when I started Deft, that's what I had. And I've been telling people, I'm like, I don't own anything. Like, again, using the restaurant analogy, uh-huh. I didn't have to buy, you know, a, a, a POS, like a point of sale system, or, you know, I didn't have to buy like a big boiler or, you know, a bunch right, of grills and right. equipment and dishes and all, you know, get a liquor license and all that. Basically, all I own with this company is my brain and my reputation. Mm-hmm. And you pay a little bit for a website and you pay a little bit, you know, to, to register with the Secretary of State. Right. Which <laughs> yep. is what? Yep, less, I got those two. <laughs> right. I mean, which is what? Less than like a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, I think it was 50. Yeah. I think it's 50. But I can't remember now. And it's like, if you can't cough up 50 bucks to like make yourself official, then. Right. Well, that's just such a good feeling. It's worth the 50 bucks for oh, that yeah. official moment, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to go and start trademarking Shelly Homemaker next. That's my next step is to, nice. to trademark my business name. And I'm like, and that too, I'm like, that's going to feel so good to yeah. be like, nobody else can use it. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, that's an amazing feeling. Like when you're official, um, I remember when I commissioned a logo and I had that yeah. logo and I go, yeah, this is exactly. my logo. Yep. Um, yeah. I rebranded this last year Yeah, and that was like, oh, it did. It felt so good. It's a rush, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what would you say in terms of your current business is the thing that either keeps you up at night or the, the biggest challenge associated with what you do? Okay. So the biggest challenge has nothing to do with the business. The biggest challenge is actually being the mom. Okay. And running yeah. the business because I'm very driven. And so wanting this business to succeed is 
on my brain a lot. But I don't want to let other important things in my life not happen um, or not happen to the degree which they should happen. I don't want to lose my presence in my home or not yeah. be at my kids' events or things like that because because I'm so business-oriented. So I chose to be a stay-at-home mom when we started having kids, and I don't want to lose that feeling of being there when they need help with their homework and being there to take them to and from school. That was important to me then. It's still important to me, but that's actually what keeps me up. Being gone this weekend to be gone at a craft fair the entire weekend yeah. is really hard. You know, it's, it's great. It's fun. I enjoy it. My husband is super supportive and took the day off to man the house and they're going to be fine, right. but not being there is hard and you can't be in two places at once. It's not possible unless you're <laughs> harry potter but <laughs> but you know it's like that that's the hardest piece of this for me because it's grown so much it's easier to get sucked in yeah that's one of the things i like about my current business setup is my girls are so young and when i was in my corporate job i remember one of the hardest things for me was i'd leave at like seven in the morning i'd get there by seven thirty, and then i'd work until five thirty monday through thursday and I'd come home and you'd see your kids for like a little bit. And then they have dinner and they go to bed. That's right. Mm -hmm. And now, like the afternoons are, I'm probably like, if I can avoid it, I'd try not to schedule meetings in the afternoon because that's the time where I can, like, that's when the kids are most difficult. That's when they start to lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Those witching hours. Yeah. Some people say it's like three in the morning. I think it's four in the afternoon. I absolutely agree. <laughs> The afternoons, like kids, I don't know what it is. They Between just, three and five, they just lose their brains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're wacky. But that's, so that's when Kristen needs the most help. Uh -huh. And that's, you know, when I get good time, like, you know, we'll go to the park. I was at the pool yesterday. And then you put them to bed and then I can just work in the evening. So right. I have like much greater flexibility. It's it's totally like new millennium work environment. I love it. I yeah. love the flexibility. I'm, and people will tell me, oh, how many hours do you work in a day? And I'm like, I don't even know. 24? <laughs> like, you know, it's like if I'm not actually making something, I'm thinking about the next thing I'm going to make or which show I need to apply for. But all the while I'm making dinner and helping with homework. So, yeah, yeah does, is that work time? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Yeah. But. I, and, and who, even, even people who work like standard office hours, mm -hmm. we all have email on our phones now. Yeah. Everyone's kind of working all the time now anyway. Right. And so if you can be almost like the captain of your own ship in that regard mm -hmm. and set the boundaries for yourself, then man, that. Which can be hard to do. Yeah. Which can be really hard to do. It's. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the point is you don't have someone else telling you. No, I love getting to make my own decisions. Yeah, I do too. And. You've known me for long enough to know that I sort of have a problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't, I don't really fit well in, uh, in a job where I have like a direct supervisor. I just, it's like wearing a straight jacket to me. I love to be the supervisor. Yeah. See, and I don't want to be in charge of anyone else either. Yeah. See, I'm good and bossy. I'm the first child of three <laughs> girls. I've always been bossy. So, so running, <laughs> running things is right up my alley. So I have absolutely no problem with that piece of it, but okay. I like to be the one in charge. If anyone's going to be in charge, it's going to be me. Okay. <laughs> well, it's important to know yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was a teacher, it was, I was harder because I had a principal to report to. And uh, that was, yeah. that was tricky for me. Yeah. And <laughs> did you clash with your principal? Um, no, we actually got along pretty well. Of course, I only worked there for two years oh, before yeah. I ended up having kids and staying home anyway. But yeah, I mean, we didn't clash. They were very happy to have me because the person before me was pretty tough. But still, they'd still say, oh, no, you can't do that. And I'd be like, hey, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean I can't do that? It's my classroom. It's our school. Oh. <laughs> You're right. So yeah, good point. One of the things that uh, Kristen is always talking to me about is birth order and the importance of birth order and how yeah. that will influence your, your personality traits. And so you're the oldest of three girls. Mm -hmm. You're bossy. I'm an only child. I don't mm -hmm. like authority, and I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. want people underneath yeah. me. Yeah. I'm starting to think there's something here. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it is so there. I, I'm. We have the four kiddos at home, and I'm seeing it play out in front of me. And oh, and it's, be weird. it's really weird. My my oldest, she is. The most helpful child. 
but she is also the bossiest little girl. <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly who I was. I see myself and it's scary, but it's yeah. also good because I, I think I turned out okay. So I think it'll be all right. And then I see my second and I see the little things that come out in her. And, and then I see my youngest play the baby role quite well. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, and I have, I have a number three, man. She is, she's a pistol. She is one of her <laughs> own. So. Well, okay, so I and I don't want to talk too much about him because he's not here to defend himself. But <laughs> so you're you're the oldest of three girls. He's the youngest of three boys. Uh-huh. Do you guys balance each other out nicely in that regard? Yeah, we do. We do. He is the calm to my storm. Okay. Is pretty much how I've how I felt about him since the day that we met. Like I get a little bit worked up about things, and he's really good at calming me down. And so it's it's <laughs> really you back good balance. in exactly. Yeah. Yep. He, he, he encourages the drive and he just, he keeps things steady. He keeps things real steady. That's good. Yeah. He's a mellow cat. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good dude. Uh, and I adore him. So, okay. Let's go back in time a little bit. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about, uh, Sweet Pea Cake Company. Sweet Pea Cake Company. Yeah. Um, because, and one of the reasons I want to bring it up is because you did the cake for our wedding. I did. That was one of the scariest cakes I ever made. Why? Because I had to drive it to Denver. Right. And that is scary um, to deliver. And it was purple. And purple is the hardest color <laughs> to do because purple will turn blue. It will turn red. It will look kind of black or grainy, but sometimes not always look purple. Ah, I <laughs> so. did not know that. And uh, I feel bad retroactively. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted good. <laughs> tasted great. And the thing that was so amazing to me was when we came down and did a cake tasting. Uh-huh. You had all these like crazy flavors that, uh, and, and I want to say, you know, there was like, uh, like Grand Marnier infusions mm-hmm, in some mm-hmm. of the frosting. And yeah, like, I'm trying to remember what you guys had. And, uh, like, uh, there was the almond poppy seed with honey custard. Yeah, holy hell. I'm pretty sure that was one of yours. Yeah, because um, you, and you gave us like four layers too. Like, and they yeah. were, they were all different. Yeah, yeah. Which was, well, because if you're going to have a wedding cake, I mean, have a wedding cake. They're not cheap, <laughs> so make some, get something good. Right. Uh, is it – okay, so here's something that I've read. Is it true that if you go to most bakers or most bakeries, they will charge you a different wedding rate than they will for like – A party if, cake? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Why? Um, but that, why? That, because that... there's a premium on weddings. Okay. That, I mean, that's really, really what it is. And even in what I do now, if I make a sign – People expect to pay more if they if it has wedding in the title. It's really dumb, and I try not to fall into that category. But it's right. easy sometimes to be like, "Well, I can make it ten dollars more because it's for a wedding," <laughs> even though it makes no sense that you'd pay ten dollars more for something. Yeah, it's it the same wedding. thing, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. It really is really a markup, literally, because it's a wedding cake. Wow! If you order a three tier white cake, it'll probably cost you less okay. than having a three tier wedding cake. Huh. Uh, that strikes me as a total racket. And I think yeah. it confirms everyone's worst fears about weddings. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to have three girls get married. Reed's going to have to figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> well, by that point, you know, if he's gone to all his sister's weddings, he'll probably abscond to Mexico. That's right? true. That's true. So. I'm going to encourage all of them to just elope. Yeah, you know. Of course, I guess I could make their wedding cake. Um, al- <laughs> <laughs> although of our friend group, you guys were the first ones to get married. Were we? Or at least, at least as far I as I'm so, concerned. I think so, because it was like months after graduation. Yeah, and we went to, and you didn't beat them by much, but... Uh, no, that's right. Uh, Robert and Natalie got married shortly yeah, after just, that. Yeah, just the next month? Two months? A couple of months later, yeah. because the day after your wedding... I went to Robert's bachelor party. Oh, that's right. I so, remember that. And, and we all flew out real hungry. Because Adam was not allowed to go because he was going on a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all called him. Like, <laughs> I think we were drunk on the strip and we did. called him, which is just appalling. So anyway, the history <laughs> runs deep here. Talk me through how you sort of started the cake business and how that took off. You know, that one is not... I mean, it really makes no sense as to how that took off because I just needed something I could do from home. I, I get antsy. So this, I did the stay at home mom thing. Like I, we had our first little girl and she was probably six months old. And as much as I wanted to be home with her, I was antsy. I wasn't bored because you can't have a baby and be bored necessarily. No, I mean, you, 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 it's mind numbing. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's not terribly intellectually stimulating, but no, there's, there's plenty to, to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I was antsy. I needed something. 
I don't sit well. I just, okay. I don't, I can't make it through a movie without having something in my hands to work on. Okay. You or don't, cleaning you, a room at the same time. You don't do well with downtime. I hate downtime. I hate it. I really don't. I mean, unless I'm laying on a beach with a margarita in my hand, that's the only okay. kind of downtime. So I you can do that though. I can do that. Okay. For be, a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say for how long? Yeah. For a couple of days. Because some people, when they go on vacation, like Kristen and I are the classic example of this because we always think we want to go somewhere and relax. Uh-huh. And then we get there and we're like, like all right, well, let's go that? look at the city. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we got to we got to get out and we got to move. And then mm-hmm. we come home from the vacation. We're just exhausted. Right. So, which in some ways kind of defies the purpose. Mm-hmm. But well, not, Adam and I don't really. get to vacation much anymore with four kids. We travel, but we don't <laughs> vacation. <laughs> so, so, right. right? So, uh, an important distinction. Yeah. 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 Vacations mean relaxation to me. Travel okay. is busy. And so I, I do love to vacation, but I don't do downtime well at home. There's, okay. there's too much to do all the time. Yeah. So the cake thing, it was, it, I needed something and I just started with some birthday cakes for some friends and they would pay me to make them. And I have absolutely no training in making cakes. I watched some YouTube <laughs> videos and played around with some recipes and started making cake. And so, so how long did you, had you been making cake by the time you made ours? Oh, about a year. Okay. Oh, wow. Because we got married in 09. Right. And so, Addison yeah. was born in 08. So okay. um, not even a year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so less than a year in and I did, I did start doing wedding cakes. Because you're, I mean, your cake was delectable. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know, you find some recipes to start with and then you just tweak them and find, make them your own. And, um, and then we live at altitude. So there's always that, <laughs> that challenge of any recipe you have, it's, I mean, it's not going to work. And so you have to make some modifications. Wait, why? And so I know a little bit about this, but for anyone who doesn't know what altitude does to baking, like what does it do? Oh, well, you'll sink a cake in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> so they'll be dry or they'll, or they'll sink, um, really, really easily. So you'll have a, a puddle in the middle of your cake. Okay. That, well, that, that reminds me of, and they were delicious, but my mom's brownies, they, they yeah. were always, you know, like, yeah. like they were getting ready to lay foundation for a new building. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> yeah, the middle's all gutted out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what do you do to overcome that? So you double the eggs. That's my easy answer. Okay. That's my easy answer. The, typically, things wow. need more moisture. Some some stuff you'll read. I mean, there's great ways to do it that are a little more scientifically found, like baking powder and mm. baking soda modifications and all these things. And for me, what just worked best was add more moisture. And the moisture that I like to add was egg. Oh, well, so, simple enough. Yeah. So if you buy, a, even buying a box cake, if you buy a box cake and make a cake for, you know, just a birthday party at home, instead of two eggs, use four. Wow. Okay. Um, Light and fluffy. Well, if you're listening and you're into baking, mm-hmm. then this episode just paid for itself. And you live at high altitude. And you live at high altitude. <laughs> otherwise, don't do it. Other, otherwise, you have omelet cake, You have a very cake, right? eggy cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're making... You're making cakes just for friends. Uh-huh. And then at, at some point, I'm going to ask you the same question. At some point, you had to go, okay, I can turn this into a business again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, it didn't take long. That took like maybe three weeks. Jeez. <laughs> because it, because I like the business. And, yeah. and it was fun. The idea of, of commissioning a logo and the idea of starting a website and, and being professional yeah. um, like really appeals to me. In that way. And so, so yeah, it didn't take long. Started out in the party cake thing. And then I got really into the sculpted cakes, would make cakes shaped as things. And, um, and that to me was just crafting with a different medium. Um, yeah, no, you know, it's sense. like, uh, baking is crafting and it's just, you know, with food. So <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one I remember in particular from your blog. And I want to say it looked, and the way you painted it was incredible. It looked like a cigar box. Yeah, yeah. Then the cigar box cake a few times. Is that, that is fun. that like for new parents? Like um, that one actually. Yeah, uh, I've done them for bachelor parties and new parents. Would okay, be the, would be the two. Okay, and that to make a cake like that when you're when you're typically sculpting something like that, mm-hmm. you're using a lot of fondant icing, right? Oh yeah, using some. Yeah, I use the fondant on the top. So I always do like a layer of actual icing first okay. because that's what tastes good, and right. then the fondant goes on top of that for the look. And then to make the wood grain, you're using um, just some brown food coloring and some vodka. And really? some lemon juice, and you mix them together, and then you paint it with a brush. Wow. The vodka will er- let it evaporate off, huh. and then you'll have a nice wood grain look on top. Wow. True or false, fondant icing tastes terrible. 
True. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan particularly, but I don't like any icing. I'm not an icing person. I'm not super into icing either. So. Um, I like my icing a little bit more tart. You know, yeah, like I like cr- cream cheese icing. Exactly. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. That's a little better. Otherwise, it's just it's pure. It's just sugar. Yeah. It's just so much sugar. You feel like you're just... I don't know. I don't even like making it. Making buttercream <laughs> icing, like mixing that up and getting all that powdered sugar, you feel like you're like high on all the sugar. <laughs> inhaling sugar by the end of the day. It's ridiculous. But fondant, there's a couple different fondants. You can do the classic fondant and that tastes horrible. And then there's marshmallow fondant, okay. which I use more often, which does taste a lot better. That's a little better. Yeah. Okay. What's the weirdest cake you made? Uh, if there is one. Weirdest cake. I don't know. I only did cakes that I wanted to do. Okay. So be, that's and the nice thing about it being my business versus somebody saying, go make this cake, was right. I could take it or leave it. Um, and I could say, yeah, that's great. I'm open that weekend and we can do that. Or I could say, actually, I'm booked up. Yeah. If it didn't appeal to me because the creative part has to be there. The hardest cake we did is we actually had to do a Spider-Man scaling the side of a, a skyline. Yeah. Wow. And, and trying to get that cake tall enough to be skyline, sturdy enough to not sag, and then create these panels out of sugar to make the walls – uh, that cake took us much longer than it should have, um, and we had to redo it in the middle of it oh, because no. we did have cake falling, and so that was one that I regret doing. <laughs> but um, I can't really think of a weird. Okay, is weird there cake. is there one you look back on that you particularly enjoyed, or something that was like a favorite cake of yours? Yeah, I made one that was a replica of my purse. Oh, neat. All right. Yeah. So I had a coach purse and it had like leather trim and all of the coach symbols on it and um, totally trademarked and copyrighted and probably shouldn't have made that cake. But it was for a friend at least. So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) But it did at the end of the day. It had standing handles and was an upright purse. And that was a lot of fun to make. Wow, that's cool. All right. So important question and one I don't often get to ask on this show. When people go into business for themselves, they don't often consider the exit strategy. Uh-huh. And necessarily so, because you're starting a business. You know, why, why would you think about when you're folding it, when right. you're ending it? Right. Or, you know, what if I don't want to do this five years from now, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. six months from now, whatever it is, right? When did you determine that it was time to end the cake business? And then how did that process unfold for you? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember the moment that it happened. I was at that mops group that we talked about earlier, and I was feeling so overwhelmed with the amount of time that I was investing in this cake business Yeah, and then was at a mom's group. And so thinking about my kids, I only had two at the time right? and thinking about where is this going to go next? And I'm in a puddle of tears saying I'm barely keeping up now and it's moving without me. And so the business or the, the business, kids? well, both, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? But the business was was just I was getting more phone calls a day than I was able to even answer, wow. um, and so it was stressing me out. Which is a problem that you know I think most business owners would like to have. Sure. Oh, it's a great problem to have when you're not at the stage of life with the priorities lined up that I set aside. Exactly. To begin yeah. With. Starting it as something I could do from home yeah. with my kids around turned into I need a commercial kitchen and Jeez. a a food license and all of these things right. so I can get into these certain places and, a and staff. do these and a staff and I I it was either slow it down sell it off or go full steam ahead and start doing your own kitchen hire a staff and really take it to the next level. And that was not working. And so that's not what I wanted at that point. And so we decided to give a go of selling it first and it was sold within a month. Wow. So yeah, it was cool. Do you, uh, do you have any regrets about selling it? Uh, no, none whatsoever. (laughs) I could never make another cake in my life and be perfectly happy. Amazing. Yeah. I wasn't in it for the cake. That's the thing. <laughs> I enjoy, I don't even know why I got into making cake. I don't really like making cake. Like it is fun occasionally. Sure. And it tastes good. I mean, if you like cake, not really a big cake. I like cheesecake, but I didn't want to make that. That, by the way, <laughs> has got to be the all-time endorsement of cake. <laughs> Cake is good occasionally if you like cake, <laughs> right? But I so I really don't That's know why I was so encouraged to make cake. 
you know, I think I got really into like Cake Boss and Ace of yeah. Cakes and wanted to do what they do and felt like we needed that here and felt like I could fit that spot. And so I started doing it and some of it, sure, I did. And yeah. then, but I don't, I don't regret it. I think that, I think that it was one of those, those God moments for me. Nice. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it it's easy to get sucked up into the cultural zeitgeist sometimes. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of cake shows, you know, and Cake Rex is like a big thing. Yeah. And so it, you look at that and you go, well, that looks like fun. That's really cool. They put this show together really well. It, it reminds me of several years ago when like Storage Wars and Auction mm-hmm. Hunters was on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, I'm going to go start bidding on right. on these storage or, lockers. Or even still like the house flipping shows. And everybody's oh, like, God. oh, I could flip a house. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Got a construction management degree? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And do you have like access to tons and tons of capital? Right. Exactly. Because, oh, good God. Yeah. So I think I got a little sucked in there. Okay. But yeah. No, I am I was very happy to pull back. I had nothing for a little while. I was back to the doing the the normal mom stuff and then got antsy again so but this time i feel like i feel like that was a good learning area for me to learn what what i enjoyed and what i didn't and now i've learned what i love about what i do now is if i get bored making something i make something else you know i move on i don't offer that anymore i don't do a whole lot of custom orders for people because i want to make what i want to make and then hopefully it's something that they'll like yeah so I've enjoyed that a lot more. Well, I mean, you know, there there are certain things I'm sure you that are sort of like prerequisites that you have to make. You know, I and I don't know what your bestseller is, but mm-hmm. whatever that is, you probably got to make some of that yeah. because you're good at that and people mm-hmm. expect that and you you're known for that or whatever. Right. Yeah. But then you can go. You know what? I'm gonna go and uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna replicate that headboard that I made in my own house or. Right. You know, I'm going to do that. And God, that's just got to be very freeing. It is. It is. It, it frees my creative spirit. It really lets me, like, I'm working, but it's also energizing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that yeah. Is, that is the kind of thing that does. It gives me energy. And so I can I can go to work. I can go into my craft room, and I can sit there for an hour. I can bust out a few things. And I can walk out of there and be ready to take on something else that, that may have felt draining otherwise. Sure, like yeah. making dinner some nights, man. Making dinner some nights, I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta cook. But <laughs> I can, I can, if I can work a little bit ahead of time, I can walk out of that room and I'm ready to take that on. It's energized me. In a way. Right. Well, at least you're not making a cake for dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That was it. My kitchen, kitchen was always such a mess, and oh, you're always uh, using the kitchen, and so you have to clean it. <laughs> okay. So, in terms of your business, because I struggle with this too. Like, I am energized when I can sit in front of my computer and I'm banging out deliverables. Mm-hmm. Like I love like just getting stuff done and firing it off to clients yeah. mm-hmm. and you know putting it back in their court and then they'll get it back to me. That's when I work best. Right. The hard thing for me is whenever I go to a meeting like and if I have a like a a big meeting where there's lots of people there or if I have to network with people mm-hmm. that wears me out. Like yeah. that is that is the aspect of my job that is the hardest. Whereas if I can just come off a project, like I'm riding high, just like you're describing. Yeah. If you come out of your craft room, you're riding high. In terms of what you do, what is the part that is hardest for you or that is most draining? Hmm. The most draining would be writing the descriptions for my website and my Etsy page. You and I share that because when I write the episode descriptions here, uh-huh. it's like it's always the last thing I do too. Is it the last yeah. thing? Yeah, like, it's like it has to happen, and so. But I'm going to do everything else first, and then I'll get to that. Yeah, and then I finally get to that, and and it's hard because <laughs> so many things I make are very similar to something else. Yeah, you know, even though you have different people come in. You're still doing an introduction. So, you know, it's like, yeah, the writing's going to – it's hard to come up with something new. Well, I have 120 different scarves. How do you describe a scarf 120 different ways? (laughs) I'm like, this one has fringe. What else can you call fringe? (laughs) And I'm like, is it blue? Is it peacock? (laughs) I don't know. Have you invested in a thesaurus? Um, I do have a thesaurus. I also have hired a copywriter occasionally, so that's helpful. Um, Good. Me and my people. Thank you. You know, you gotta, you gotta hire people who know what they're doing. Sometimes it's worth not doing it all yourself. Yeah. I did not make my logo for that very reason as well. Exactly. I don't make my own logo. It's not my thing. I don't cut my own hair. Like, <laughs> right. you know, exactly. I, I can't draw a logo. Like yeah. I'm going to outsource that yeah. every, every time. And it's going to be the right decision. <laughs> exactly. 
So, okay. Let's say, let's, let's talk not exit strategy, uh-huh. but as you think about this business and as you look down the road, sure. if you were to look back in a year or two years or five years or 10 years, put whatever timeline you want on this. Okay. And you were to say, I was really successful and this, I, I had a year where I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Can you frame that for Shelly Homemaker and what does your business look like for you to be able to say that? I think every year what I deem successful is going to look a little bit different. Sure. Um, in part because of where I want to see the business go, the community I want it to, to create and to build and, and the stuff I enjoy learn to make. I've learned to make some new things. I bought some new tools and they're really fun. Nice. Um, but so what deems it successful? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like what do you want this business to look like? Going forward, like how uh, how much do you want to scale it up? What you know, or oh well, yeah, you, end goal <laughs> instead sure. of exit strategy. End goal. You know, my dream job, in all honesty, has always been I want an HGTV show. Oh, nice. All right. So that's like the big the big ticket, right? I realize that's probably not in my cards, and that's okay. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You never know what can happen, but. What can I do with that? That puts it on a certain trajectory right there. When you, when you think about things in that realm, then I'm going to say yes to the public speaking engagements. I'm going to say yes to any sort of news exposure I can get. I'm going to say yes to craft fairs because podcasts. it's podcasts. <laughs> I'm going to say yes because it's, it's, it gets me in people's homes and yeah. it gets me to where hopefully they can get to know who I am because I also believe in authenticity, like at its, at its core. Like, yeah. what's the point? Like, I don't want to be just a face of something that somebody else tells me to be. I'm going to be the mess of myself that I am. Right. And take it or leave it. I'm not every, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. But the more you get out there and the more that you do, the more you'll learn about yourself and learn about what you actually want. And so yeah. I really enjoy making stuff. I love the business. I love DIY. If I could teach DIY full time, I would probably do that. But teaching DIY doesn't pay the bills right. the way that just making the stuff and getting it out the door mm. does. It, there's a piece of that that is doable and it, it does help too. Yeah. And I just, I love community. I, I think community is so important. I think it's important for everybody to have community, to have somewhere that they can go where people understand the same struggles that they're having, even if it is just the parenting grind. I mean, that one is so easy to get sucked into a corner by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that can be very isolating. Yeah. It's it's hard. And I think when you almost like reach out for other people, the universe is so happy to acknowledge you and provide them to you yeah. in, in ways that are surprising because you're so just almost like in your own head and in your own space that it seems like no one around you cares. Mm-hmm. When you make that overture, it turns out everyone does. And people are more than willing to help you and empathize with you. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's incredibly rewarding. Well, and it's been amazing to me through, um, I started, so I've had a Facebook page for Shelly Homemaker for a long time. And then this last year I've started up a group, um, a Shelly Homemaker at home. And it's supposed to be more of a a behind the scenes. There I do host a monthly sale on there too. But um, that's where a lot of the DIY teaching happens and people, other people post their success, successful DIY. But it's, it's been such a great tool for that community piece. Most of the people in, in that group are local to Colorado Springs. And so I've met them at some point somewhere. Nice. And so for them to, for me to put out a story to them of something that happened that day or to share a picture of something my kids are doing, they relate to it. They understand it is something that they can put a person to that story and they get it and we can create a sort of friendship without necessarily having to sit down and have coffee every week because that's hard to do in all of our lives yeah that that is i mean we we only have so many hours in the day it's very tough yeah so well i'll tell you what uh we're coming to the end here and i'll tell you what i told you three years ago and that is talking to you and seeing what you do and how much you put out there just the volume of material that you create is so energizing. Thanks. Like it, 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 it helps keep me going as an entrepreneur too. 
you are someone who I look to as an inspiration in that regard. Oh, you're so, so nice to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I'm speaking from the heart and I'm just being very honest. Well, it's important so. that we motivate each other. That is part yeah. of community. That's part of exactly. what community is. And it's not just being like, oh yeah, I get it. I understand, <laughs> you know, pat on the back and the shoulder here and, and everything's going to be okay when times are tough. But, but also that you got this, keep going and, and yeah. do what you're doing. And I support you. And that is another element of that. That is hugely important it's, to who we are. It's massive. I agree. So it is uh, the time of the show when we do plugs. So where can people find you? Where can they find Shelly Homemaker? Mm. Plug away. Give us uh, anywhere you want to plug. All right. ShellyHomemaker.com is the website. Um, it is mostly a shopping website. The blog is attached. I'm not as good of a blogger as I used to be. Um, but then for the community, join the group. Shelly Homemaker. Or it's Shelly Homemaker at home is a group on Facebook. So you can put it in the search bar and you can come join in on the conversation. Nice. I will link to all that in the companion blog piece. Good luck at the craft fair. Thanks. And continue. It's going to be hot. <laughs> it's going to be hot. <laughs> Continued success to you, Michelle. Thank you, John. And we'll close up shop here on this week's episode of the John of All Trades podcast. Episode 105 was Michelle Gutcheck. And man, she was delightful. What a great chat. What incredible insight. And what a terrific inspiration if you are in the entrepreneurial space or the DIY space, which I might add, DIY is synonymous with punk rock. And so I think we may be kindred spirits there, even though I don't think punk is her particular bet. Give some love to our sponsor. It's Four Degrees, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Speaking of entrepreneurs, they are the sponsor of our show, and they have founded an online communications company that is unparalleled. If you're looking to communicate in the social media space, or if you're doing an online advertising campaign, whatever it is you're doing online, Four Degrees can help you do it better. And they will help you do it better at a cost that will blow your mind. They will give you incredible value. And I can think of no better company to sponsor the John of All Trades podcast. So check them out. Four Degrees, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. You can find us on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M. US. I'm off next week. No new episode, but we'll be back in two weeks. Go to Facebook. We have exclusive episode previews that you'll only find on Facebook. So that's J-O-A-T pod. And so until then, say goodnight, crazy. That's good, Johnny.